0: Book of Lamentations is a book about laments. Obviously, cries, weeping, the weeping prophet Jeremiah wrote this pretty much as a funeral poem for Jeremiah, for Jerusalem rather. And you may wonder, you know, how was this man so faithful all of his life when he was told he would have to prophesy until the whole place was desolate? And one of the reasons why is because he understood and lived in what we're going to talk about tonight and look at. It's a Bible study, Lamentations 3. This is a familiar text that we're going to look at, first of all. And it's presented in the Bible with an oft-repeated emphasis. We'll look at that and pray in a moment. We preach Sunday morning about the house of mercy. The house, Beth- Bethesda, the house of mercy, And how the mercy of God is a major theme in theology. You don't understand God if you don't understand his mercy. It's impossible. And it's a major theme both in theology and Christian living. As a matter of fact, you may remember that when God told Moses how to introduce to the entire world, the creator of the world to the world, that God said in Exodus 20, I am the Lord thy God. You can fill in the blank with what? Dozens of things, vital, important, glorious things. Here's what he said to say: I am the Lord thy God, showing mercy unto the thousands. Later in Deuteronomy seven, in verse nine, it says, "Know therefore that know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God." What are you going to fill in next? What are you going to say about Him next? And again, you can see lots of things which keepeth covenant and mercy to a thousand generations. Mercy is the familiar theme. But here's the somewhat surprising, I think, and yet oft-repeated emphasis of that theme. And let's begin, and we'll pray in a moment. Look at chapter 3, verse 32. But though he caused grief, so he's looking around him. You read chapter 3. Again, it's, it's dark, it's heavy, because it's what's happening around him. But though he caused grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude, the multitude of his mercies. Now, here's the emphasis I want us to notice in the familiar text. It goes back to verse 22, same chapter. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. In other words, completely eradicated. Because of their idolatry, their wickedness. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. What's it say now? They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. Now follow this carefully mercy and mourning. This is, this is what I want us to consider tonight. Because again, folks. Those two things are repeated, mercy and mourning together, are repeated over and again in the Word of God. And again, repetition is not redundant when it's in the Bible. Repetition is emphasis. The Bible's never redundant. Let's pray. Father, please help us tonight to understand the power of this your mercy and your mercy in the morning, and understand why and how it sustained Jeremiah. We had a far greater life of trials than we will ever have, and it will sustain us. Please help us in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to listen for just a few moments to some scriptures. They're familiar. The Spirit of God, again, attaches the the multitude of God's mercies, the mercy of God with the morning hour. Psalm 59 verse 10 says, the God of mercy shall prevent, that means it'll go before me, it's in front of me. The God of mercy shall prevent me. And I will sing of thy power, yea, sing of thy mercy in the morning. The morning. Psalm 92 verse 2, it is a good thing to show forth, show forth the mercy of God in the morning. Psalm 143 verse 8, cause me to hear thy Loving kindness, thy mercy in the morning. You'll notice if you ever have time, take a Hebrew Bible or use your lexicon, that mercy and loving kindness are the exact same word in the Hebrew. Exact same word. Loving kindness and mercy. They carry the exact same meaning in the English. And that'll help you to understand what mercy is. The question is why? Why is mercy and the morning placed together? So and there are other places we'll see in a moment, so often in the word of God. I can tell you David knew why. You'll find out and you'll see that Jeremiah knew why. Our Lord in John chapter 17 in his great prayer talked about the mercy of God. He certainly knew why. And far from being a coincidence or an accident, far from being incidental or unintentional, this meeting of the morning, your morning, what'd you do this morning? what do you think about? This meeting of the morning with the mercy of God is the perfect counsel of God for an imperfect people who are making their way on their pilgrim journey to glory. You know, every day of our lives, every single day, and of course, if you live to be 80 years of age, that's 29,200 days that you will have. Some of you have. About a thousand left, or whatever, I don't know what I've left. 89 or 29,000. But every single day has a morning, right? And an evening. One of the familiar expressions in farming and in farmers is that they are people who have to work from dusk to dawn. Sun comes up, sun goes down. This week is daylight savings time, of course. And that was recommended by Benjamin Franklin way back when because. He wanted to capture and a country to capture as much daylight as possible in what was then an agrarian society. I say, "Soon as we fall back this week, let's do away with it. Amen. Keep that extra hour and we're done. We're not agrarian as much. Because before electricity, almost everything that you did was on the daylight, daylight hours, dusk to dawn, dawn to dusk. That's the beginning and that's the ending of every single day. Breakfast is important. Very important in those days, it is for some of you now. Supper, of course. Some people call it dinner, wherever you're, you're from. Obviously, this is also true in the world of Jeremiah, that the morning and the evening were vital. It was true in the, in the days of David as well. The Bible says that we're to show forth something in the morning. Specifically, in particular, in the morning. So that every single day and the rest of that day and every day of a person's life ought to have, in some measure, the elements of both this sort of sanctification in the morning and, if you will, a, ded- a benediction in the evening. Anticipation as you wake up. In the Bible, in the Jewish Bible, Hebrews, Hebrew Bible, it's presented as a whole lifetime in a, in a way. So you anticipate in the morning, you have a recollection in the evening, and you, and you thank God for his faithfulness. And the wonderful and fascinating thing about this text and these texts we're going to see in a moment and the others related to it is that God tells us specifically what it is that we should be focused on, thinking about, grateful for in the morning hour. Today, as you know, is Wednesday, November the 2nd, 2022. And with every other day like today, there's only one of them. There's only one in all of eternity, one day will ever be November the 2nd, Wednesday, 2022. Think about that for just a moment. This is it. There's no repeat. There's no do overs. There's no second chance. Nobody throws a, 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 what do they call it, a replay flag? What do they call that, Pastor Scott? A replay, a penalty? I don't know. The red flag, okay? Penalty? No, not that one. What? Challenge, thank you, Reese. A challenge flag. You don't get a challenge flag. Say, no, I want to see how that day, do that day over again. No, no, no reversals, no overtime. You can't even slow it down. It's not like you have a remote where you can pause the day or fast forward the day or play at half, uh, twice speed. I remember when I was a teenager and I was at Sand Mountain Bible Camp up in Georgia. And there was this elderly, godly, longtime evangelist preaching. I mean, just spitting, preaching, running up and down the aisle. He was great. And he, I was on the front row always as a preacher boy, you know, I was 14, and he called me up. Son, what's your name? I said, Jimmy Blaylock. And he said, well, Jimmy, I'm going to give you this dollar bill. And he pulled out a $1 bill. And he handed it to me. And he said, I want you to remember that every day that God gives you to live, that day is just like this $1 bill. You have to spend it today. And you can spend it, he said, any way you want to. He told me, today at camp, you have to spend, it represents a day, I want you to spend it today. You can go to the snack shack. You can give it to a pretty girl. You can put it in my love offering when that comes by later. That wasn't about to happen, amen. i not going to give it back to him. He said, Jimmy, you can spend it any way you want, but the reason it's like a day is that you can only spend it once. You had this one day. Yesterday, November the 1st, 2022, God gave you that day. God gave you that day. Now it's gone. I don't know what you did with that day, but it's gone. And more importantly, what about that morning of yesterday? There are a lot, of day, a lot of ways that you can spend that one day that God has given you, but you can only do it once. Psalm 47, 42 and verse 8 says, the Lord will command his mercy, his loving kindness in the daytime. And then again, Psalm 143, cause me to hear thy mercy in the morning. Why? Why so much about the mercy and the loving kindness of God every single morning? Notice again our text, verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. What's new every morning? His compassions, folks, his mercies Psalm 143, 8 again, cause me to hear thy loving kindness, thy mercy in the morning. It's the same Hebrew word. Do you know, if you're a parent here and parents watching where you are, do you know that, that that's one of the first things that your children ought to be aware of the moment they wake up every single day? They ought to recognize and, and understand that, that, they are, that there's a loving kindness toward them That they are beloved. If every at-risk, I was just thinking about this earlier this week, the problems in our country with our youth. If every at-risk, troubled child could wake up every day simply knowing one thing, that they have a mother or a father who loves them, who has compassion for them, it would change their lives. It would change their lives. They don't have it. You have it as a child of God. The mercy of God is not something I might need to understand and grasp. It's not something you may need at night when you lay your head on your pillow. Rather, it is something that I always need and will need before I ever get there at the end of the day. And so I will sing, he says, of thy mercy in the morning. Our text says... That his mercies every brand new day, there's brand new revelation and appreciation for the mercies of God. As a Christian, God's mercies prevent us. They go before us every single day. The question is, do you know that? Do you recognize it? Do you appreciate it? Do you understand it? And, And in some ways, do you appropriate it at the beginning of the day? I can tell you that David tried desperately so many times. He said, I will sing aloud of his mercy. It is good to show forth his mercy. With that in mind, I want us to talk about three simple sort of things. And I want us to consider them tonight as much as these are the parts of every single day, the morning and the evening. Every day has a morning, sunrise. You're starting that day. That's the only day that you're going to have of that day. Is it going to be a day of victory? When we have our men's prayer meeting, you can ask these men almost always, I pray on Saturday morning, as I will this Saturday, almost every single time I say this prayer. Give us this day, because this is what I pray every morning, a day of victory, so that when we lay our heads on our pillar at night, we know that we walked in your light and we did your will, so give us today a day of victory. Every day contains a morning, a sunrise. Every day contains an evening, a sunset. And as surely as I'm standing here behind this pulpit tonight, everybody in this room has a routine about your morning. Probably even about your evening. Most of you have a routine about the beginning, right? And the ending of each and every day. The bookends of the day, as a poet once put it. Those are the two things that determine almost entirely the rest of the day. Nobody knows this better, obviously, than the God who created us. Right? The great psychologist. Nobody knows us better than the God who made us and who declared in Genesis 1-5, the evening and the morning were the first day, which is why Jews would start their days at night. And why it is so important that mercy, the mercy of God, be a vital part of the morning routine. Why is that important, Pastor? Three things. The first one I want you to notice is it puts your mind and your heart on the loving kindness of God. Now, again, the words are interchangeable in the Hebrew, but the loving kindness is slightly more pers- uh, specific, if you will. God's mercy is d- demonstrated by God's love. And you know what? We know that in part because, as we said, the Hebrew word for loving kindness and mercy are the very same thing, they're basically interchangeable in the English as well. So that God's counsel to us and God's counsel to me many, 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 many years ago when I first grabbed a hold of this, my own self. God's counsel as his people is to make sure that every morning in the beginning of every new day, you understand and you appreciate the mercy and the love and the goodness of God. Think about it this way. Romans chapter two, verse four, Paul says, don't you know that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Now, we always say, well, when God sends judgment, we'll repent, people will repent. When God chastises you and spanks you, and you'll repent, when he, you know, the old saying is, and I've used it many times, God sometimes puts you on your back to get you to look up. And I've seen it in hospital rooms, yeah, it happens. But Paul says, why do you want to wait for chastisement? Why don't you, he says, don't you know that the goodness of God, should lead you to repentance. So that if you're starting out the day with recognizing his goodness, his mercy, his loving kindness, man, you're gonna be sort of in a repentant heart all day long. And I'll show you why in a moment. That text in Psalms, you know, the, the one that says, the God of my mercy shall go before me, and then he says, I will sing of thy mercy in the morning. Do you know what that Psalm is? That's a psalm of David. And let me read to you the introduction to that psalm. Psalm 59. To the chief musician, Alcatus, a mictum, that means a teaching psalm, right? A mictum of David, when Saul sent and watched the house to kill David. In other words, Psalm 59 is about being God's man. It's about being God's anointed in this, in this world of enemies Darkness, God's enemies and David's enemies. And in the midst of that world, he uses that language in all of the imprecatory Psalms, as you know, mine enemies, that rise up against me, the workers of iniquity, they lie in wait, they, they want to destroy me, they return at evening, and so it goes. Throughout all of those Psalms where he mentions mercy in the morning, he's reminding us that Christians are on the winning team, but we're not necessarily the home team. We're ambassadors, we're pilgrims. When you go to Walmart, so here's the morning, okay? This is, this is an illustration of this. And you decide that you're going to grab one of their carts at Walmart. You know instantly, now some of you call them buggies, right? From Texas or wherever, I don't know. You grab a shopping cart. And you know that when you get one at Walmart that it's not going to go straight. You know that, right? It's just, because they're lame. I think they buy them lame. I think they make them in California to always go left, amen? <laughs> in fact, the broken ones are the ones that go straight. I'm convinced of that. Oh, I got a broken one. Yay, it goes straight. So here's the picture. You're traveling, let's say, that down this aisle right here. And your cart is constantly pulling you over here. You're fighting it. It's just pulling you over here all the time. Let's say this represents a day, one day from here to there, one day in your life. Throughout the day, pulling you, pulling you. And over here, there are all kinds of people and issues and enemies and forces that we just noted. And you do know they haven't disappeared from the earth since the days of Jeremiah or David. And in fact, they live right down the street. And they might be in the cubicle next to you at work. They might even be in your same, under the same roof. Or at school. And these are people you will encounter. These are circumstances. This is one day. You want to be faithful day after day for all those 20,000 days. And they don't love you. They don't encourage you. Negative forces. They're all lined up over here on this side of the aisle and the last thing you need as a child of the living God is to start your day with your cart constantly pulling you over there just constantly you start your day out if you start your day with that cart in your hands that's going to be a tough day spiritually emotionally it's going to be a long day But imagine doing it day after day after day as Jesus said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. There's plenty enough evil in one day. You want to keep stacking day after day after day? Leading you to the flesh, towards discontent. Toward the covetous, materialistic, shallow people that will drain you dry spiritually. And thus focusing your mind at the morning, the beginning, your thoughts from the moment you wake up on people who do not love God, people who are bitter, angry, vengeful. You don't need that. You do not need any kind of force drawing you to the scornful. What you need every morning is to be drawn to this side, this side. If anything pulled in the direction of whatsoever things are lovely and of good report and pure, hold over here like Reese you know just lovely and whatsoever of things are true how do you do that well i'm telling you the bible teaches that one of the most important things to do is to start the day out begin your the rigors and the challenges of every new day by singing by showing forth by Echoing, by embracing, by being grateful for the mercy and the loving kindness of God. In other words, when you focus, as these men were doing, Jeremiah certainly, focus on the loving kindness of God, of God and his mercy in the morning, then all day long, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. All day long, your heart pulls you in the right direction. Because you'll be reminded of whose you are and who you are. If you don't do that, and a lot of Christians don't. If you don't focus on wake up in the morning and man, God is good. Because without his mercies, I would have been taken during the night. I would have been, I would have been consumed, as the Bible says. If you don't focus on his kindness and his goodness, you will start that day with this cart that pulls you to self pity. Nobody understands, nobody cares ingratitude, life's not fair, which basically all denies the goodness of God, denies his loving kindness toward you, which is new every single morning, and you'll be pulled this way. And all day long, you know what you'll notice? You'll notice and you'll focus upon and you'll be affected by things that offend you, things that break down and discourage And all day long, like a self-fulfilling prophecy, you will embrace the very things that hurt and damage and debilitate your spirit because Satan's lies are old every morning. The same believer on a different day wakes up and instead of feeling sorry for himself, Instead of starting the day aggrieved, aggrieved, it's not fair, he shows forth God's mercy. He has mercy in the morning so that he knows that he's loved. There's no doubt in his mind, the loving kindness of God. He knows that he is loved by God. He knows that that love has been expressed by God's kindness to him in deeds, goodness, goodness. So now all through the day, the cart pulls, he's going to notice all the kindnesses of God all day long. He'll notice that kindness and that goodness of God and that beautiful sunrise and that amazing breakfast and that kind person. He'll notice the blessings all day long and the goodness of God just keeps on leading him to repentance. And what a difference a day makes. It is a good thing to show forth the love and kindness, the mercy of God in the morning. You now, just think about it in practical terms. What do you do in the morning? What do you actually do? Because you have a routine. Some of you are that must-have coffee, people. Must. Where's Bill? He's over there, hey, brother. Great coffee maker right there. I remember after Hurricane Francis, some of you have heard me tell this, how, and you experienced it on that third day. No power, no electricity. We lived in the heights, therefore, no coffee. There was no Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts open anywhere for sure. And I remember all of the neighborhood outside in the heights, these people walking around Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> Just all of them heading to Sally's house because Sally had a generator and you could smell her coffee, mm, mumbling. It was amazing to me. That was the first time I understood that some people, it's like, you know, come on, hook me up. (laughs) And that may be your thing. You've got to have your coffee. Fine. There's plenty of studies that you can show that it's healthy and it makes you live longer than people who don't drink it, whatever. For others, it's something else. Some people, I don't eat a lot of breakfast, hardly ever, but some people, you have to have it, right? How many of you have to have breakfast? Must have your breakfast. All right, it's a thing, right? right. How many of you don't care? You don't need breakfast. Raise your hands. That's even more people than you have to. Church split right here. Amen. <laughs> it's etched like granite. This routine. Some of you, you have to just wake up and the smell of hickory smoked bacon frying in the pan and homemade buttermilk biscuits and toast and butter and jam and scrambled eggs, fried potatoes, sausage patties. Why are y'all laughing? Side of gravy, French toast, hot cakes, warm syrup, fruit pastries and muffins, cinnamon oatmeal, biscuits with sausage gravy, country fried steak. You got your Vol shirt on there. You representing for Saturday? I think you are, bro. Let's forget tomorrow. Cracker Barrel's still open. If we close in prayer right now, we can all go there. But Pastor Scott's buying. That was my dad. He loved breakfast, loved it. But what is your must-do in the morning? Some of it's coffee and breakfast, of course. And it's all fine, but do this, all right? And I hate to say this as a pastor or a teacher ever. I hate to say try this. But, you know, the Lord does say sometimes, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Try this. Just try this for a week. Add to your morning routine, whatever it is, just the acknowledging, the singing, the showing forth, the embracing, of God's kindness and love to you. The second thing is it shows not only his loving kindness, but his long-suffering. Jeremiah talks about this in Lamentations a lot. Because, you know, God always is long, God's patient with us. Look how long and how patient he was with Israel, how long it took for this judgment to come in Jeremiah's day. And knowing that God is plenteous, In mercy, as the Bible says, is a reminder that God is long suffering. He's patient toward us. He could have consumed us a long time ago, and we would have deserved it. When you think about that, you realize that God is with you at the start of every day, not to watch you, to squish you like a bug when you mess up. He's long suffering, He's with you. He's not some temperamental idol. Our God is not some capricious Allah who can change on a whim. The immutable God who, as Zechariah said in Luke chapter 1, is a God of tender mercy. You put that in your post other this morning. He's a God of, think about that. He said, our God is a God of tender mercy. Aren't you glad that we have a God like that? And by the way, aren't you glad for... The long suffering of God. Yes. Because we need it. Because we would be consumed every day without it. We start very early in life with our with our bad ways. I read the other day where little Allie was stealing grapes from her sister, and her grandma saw it, called her out, and said, You're stealing your sister's grapes. And Allie said, No, grandma, I'm just helping her share. <laughs> That's us, right? We're not the most honest creatures on earth. We're not the smartest either. What we are is a people, even the people of God, who need the mercies of God. How often? Well, apparently every single morning, every single day. That's why they're new every day. If you ever want to do a study in the Bible that will blow your mind and put you on your knees, study the long-suffering of God. To start in Genesis and just go and watch and read about the long suffering of God and how patient God was and is with His people, and you know what you'll do? You'll be more patient with other people. It's life changing. In fact, you'll study the long suffering of God toward the lost. You'll understand why Methuselah lived so long to be the oldest man ever. And God tells us why He's long suffering, because the flood was going to come when He dies, the year that He dies. Our God is a God of tender mercy. And knowing that, embracing that in the morning, your path leads you over towards humility, confidence, courage, compassion toward other people, patience toward them. Christians who understand God's long-suffering are always more patient and more merciful and more long-suffering to other people. David, I mentioned a moment ago, who wrote those imprecatory psalms. And he prayed about, hey, having the Lord put the heathen in derision, break their teeth. I mean, there's some tough stuff. That's how he felt. But have you ever noticed how David treated all of his enemies? Saul. Shimei. Absalom. Always. Always, He was a man after God's own heart. Always he was long-suffering. He was patient because he sang of God's mercies in the morning. That's what mercy will do. You know, every time that Paul gave a salutation in the epistles, he said these words, grace, mercy, peace. Peace always follows God's mercy. So in the morning... If you want, you can start out in fear. You can. It's not biblical. You can start your morning with fear, pity, anger, bitterness, doubt, despair, angst. And then always through the day being pulled back right to the world. And you finish your day like that. And the next day you're going to do it again. And you wonder why you have the heart or the feeling that you do. Or you can start out every single day remembering that God is merciful and patient and long-suffering, ready, the Bible says. I love it. It says he's ready to forgive, knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. So that that day that you have, if you stumble and you falter along the way, you don't run over here. You haven't been running over there. Like Adam did, and you hide from God. Instead, you run over here and find more grace and more mercy and forgiveness, loving and kindness and long-suffering. But finally, in closing, also the mercy gives you the light. God demonstrated his mercy to us, first of all, this is why it says in the morning, it's the dawn, by giving us physical and spiritual light in this world. This is what Saul realized, of course, in the road to Damascus. He saw God's light. He saw the mercy of God. That's what that was, the mercy of God. And so have you, beloved. God opened your eyes. That was was his mercy that did that. You know, there's an election coming up, and I know this. I know that some of you are like, how can people be so blind? Do you think that? How can people be so dark and foolish to vote for things that's going to destroy them and our children and their country. How can, the only reason you're not blind and dark like they are, God opened your eyes. It's the gospel that did it. That's the mercy of God. And it's recognizing in the morning that, you know what? That God wants me to do well. God wants me to live to to his honor and glory. And God wants you to know the path. He wants you to know His will. God's mercy reminds us that we we actually belong on this side. This is is our family. This is who we belong to, is God. That is enlightened and transformed and delivered and in the end faithful. Mercy in the dawn, in the morning. So again, you ask yourself how do you, as a child of God, start your day? What's on your heart? What's on your mind every single morning so that whatever it is, you're pulled in that direction? I used to wonder when I was young, when I was a teenager and maybe a little bit in Bible college, freshman year, what Jude meant in Jude 21 when he said, keep yourselves in the love of God. I have to keep myself in the love of God? It sounded like work. But then I just read the rest of the, chat, the verse and it all made sense to me. Keep yourself Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's really, God's love is with you. It's just keeping yourself in the heart and the mindset of knowing that God's good to you. He's merciful to you. He's patient with you. Well, pastor, I always start the morning with yoga and Tai Chi and then I end the day with Chai Kung or Kabbalah or whatever. Okay, good luck with that. That's the guy that, that murdered, tried to put a hammer on some guy's head last week. He starts that, his day that way. First thing I do in the morning is buy a lottery ticket. Last thing I do at night is scratch it off. Been my habit every day since I got out of rehab or whatever. <laughs> you see the lines in Publix, by the way? It's a billion dollars. And, you know, they think, you know, whatever. You know the difference is between a man arguing with his wife and a man with a Powerball ticket, the man with the lotto ticket actually has a chance of winning, amen? (laughs) (laughs) Let's close with a scripture. Look at verse 22. (laughs) Verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Yeah, not because you're awesome, not because you're so good and amazing, it's because he's merciful, Why? Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And then it says, look at this, great is thy faithfulness. That's the greatest two truths in the universe. God loves you and God's faithful to you. Those are the bookends of the day. I mentioned Psalm 92 a moment ago. Let me read it to you. Here's what it says. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning, and then it says this, and thy faithfulness every night. It's exactly what Jeremiah just said in Lamentations. Mercy in the morning, faithfulness every single night. If you start your morning with mercy, loving kindness, you will end your day with God's faithfulness. You know, someone said the other day, Pastor, we, I mentioned the um, little term about first world problems. And they said, Pastor, all of my problems are first world problems. And I thought, boy, if we could all just realize that. You know, first world problems are because we live in a affluent, blessed society. And you may remember they used to have all these typical memes, a picture of a woman, she had tears, or a man was like, <laughs> and underneath it would say something like, I can't believe I bought a toaster without a bagel setting. Oh, it's terrible. Life's terrible. I'm so tired of eating at the same restaurants because they're all near where I work. Oh, it's so awful. Life is terrible. I have too much dip for my chips, but if I open another bag of chips, I'll have too many chips for my dip. Oh, life's terrible. In other words, if you think about it, first world problems aren't even problems, they're blessings. That's how blessed we are. People, Christians, who start their day off without God, and most especially without the loving kindness and the mercy of God, everything's a problem. Everything's a burden. Every bump is a mountain. And every question mark is a fear. Not so for the believer who sees and embraces and understands the loving kindness and the mercy of God every single morning. The mercies of God, what a theme for my soul. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Here's how you pray our Father. Start out with that. You're going to pray the first thing in the morning, you're going to say, Our Father. And what does he say? Our Father is loving kind, He has loving kindness and mercy. That's how you start the day with our Father and then you end the day with this faithful. So God's people said? Amen. Father, bless now your word to our hearts, and I just ask, Father, that we will recognize that these are not platitudes, it's not psychology, it's not even good advice. This is your word, that we are your creatures that you created, and you know our hearts and our minds, and you know the challenges of this world and the flesh, and that, that it's just truth, that, that the goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. And it's just truth, Father, that if we begin the day embracing and understanding and appreciating your loving kindness, your grace, and your mercy, we will end the day with your faithfulness. And to do that day after day, what a, what a life of victory. Grant it to all of us, please, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.org. That's beaconbaptistchurch.org. May the Lord bless you.